The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick, and you're listening to Matt Slick Live. I don't know what's going to happen when Charlie gets on and he does a show. Hey, welcome everybody. You're listening to Matt Slick Live, and he's Charlie Spine. We used to go do stuff together. Slick and Spine, we called ourselves. It was great. All right. Hey, boy, what a day. And uh, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276, and we can talk. If you want, you can email me a question or a comment, and uh, just do that at info at karm.org, and I'll often get to those on the air, and we can talk about that as well. So there you go. All right. Having said all of that, let's see. Um, I think we've got a caller coming. We're supposed to have somebody calling in from Japan and talking about a J- Japan Christian tour. Believe it or not, uh, and he'll tell us some more if, he's, if that's him, Christianity was taking over in Japan. It was growing uh, by leaps and bounds, and then all the Christians were killed by the uh, Japanese. <clears throat> and so we'll talk about that. And there's a lot of there's Christians now. There's like one or two percent, I think, are in the uh, are in, um, in in the population or something like that. So we will see. Uh, that, I don't like the second guy. Well, uh, we'll, let, we'll we'll find out when the guy from Japan calls in. Let's just get on the air. Let's get to. I guess Calvin from North Carolina. Calvin, welcome. You're on the air. Calvin, I hit the button. I'm waiting for you. I don't hear anything. Calvin, let's see. Maybe we're having a phone problem. I'm going to jump over, put him on hold, and jump over to the other caller, Tony from North Carolina. Tony, can you hear me? Well, that's good. We're having phone problems, it looks like. I can't get a hold of either one. So I know that the uh, guys are listening, um, the, the uh, producers. So, uh, Calvin, can you hear me? <clears throat> nope. I guess not. Don't know what's going on, and uh, that's just what it is. So if you have a question or a comment, you can uh, email me at... at <clears throat> there we go. You can email me at info at karm.org, and I can get to that. Let's see. What happened to John is one of the questions. Uh, what happened to John? John the Apostle or John the Baptist? It looks like John the Apostle was, uh, he died on Patmos. That's what tradition says, that he went there and, and suffered there. Uh, so we think that's what happened. I don't know if that's what he's uh, talking about, but there, there, there's that. So, hey, you know, Okay. And uh, I'm not sure what the question is, but uh, that's just some of the stuff there. All right. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try, uh, well, we've got to- let's try a different line with Tony. Hey, Tony, are you there? Hello? Man, we're having phone problems. <clears throat> Excuse me. Nope. All right. Tony, can you hear me? Tony. Well, that's good. Oh, there we go. I heard you. Are you there? Okay, how's it going? It's going. It's going. So, uh, glad you're on. So, what do you got, man? What's up? It's good to be on. Hey, well, thanks. 
Uh, Matt, I was always wondering, what yeah. happened to Joseph in the Bible? Nothing. Uh, we don't know. Oh, excuse me, got a yawn coming up. Man, sorry about that. Um, it looks like uh, he died uh, before, uh, well, he just died sometime. We don't know exactly when. And we just have to say that. We, we assume he did. He's not mentioned in the Gospels after a certain period of time, but Mary is. And so they just assume that he died. That's it. Oh, I, 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 was, I was puzzled me, man. Yeah. No, that's, that's all. Oh, wow. So uh, that's the general consensus as he passed away. And it makes sense because often what happened was would be that uh, young girls would marry older men back then because they could be taken care of, have children, uh, and it's just how it was culturally. So it would make sense to say that he was maybe 20 years older even. And uh, they got married, and uh, then later he passed away. That's one of the, the theories that is uh, stated. We don't know for sure. So if that can happen that way, great. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But that's what one of the theories, okay? Okay, man. Thank you so much. God bless you, yours. Hey, man. God bless you. All right, Tony. Thanks for calling, man. All right. Let's try it again. Oh, we lost that. Okay, there we go. Let's try uh, Calvin again from North Carolina. Calvin. Oh, there's Stacy. Oh, well, hold on. Wait, hold on. We got Stacy from Japan. We're going to get on to Stacy. Let's see. Hey, Stacy, are you there? I'm here. How are you? Tired, man. Worn out. Man, how are you? What time is it over there in Japan? Well, it is 8 in the morning. All right. Well, that's good. You just start your day. So let me introduce you. Uh, this is uh, Stacy. He's a, he's a guy I've known now for, I don't know, a few months. And he helps out on uh, Clubhouse when I do discussions and things like that. And he he's going to introduce himself. But we're arranging a, uh, a tour to Japan. And that's why you're calling. We can talk about that. We have the information up on Carmen and everything. Stacy, welcome. Thank you, Matt. Great to have. Great to be here. Uh, appreciate the weekly discussions we have on Clubhouse. Hope people can join us there. Yeah, hope I know so. you have the link on your Carm website. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. All yeah, they got to do is go to the Carm homepage, and there it is. Yeah. Yeah, we can uh, we can build off of that. We often have that meeting just after this radio show on Wednesday evenings at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so, right. To talk about Japan, so there's so much to discuss. I did send you an article. Hopefully people can do their own research and find out uh, how things have been for Christians in Japan. It's really uh, been a, a tough struggle, a tough haul for Christians here, and it's really, missionaries find it one of the hardest places to do witnessing and evangelism. Uh, there's just a kind of a, a resistance, almost a, a spiritual great wall yeah. between um, the Japanese people and the gospel. But a lot of this is can go back to its history in the 16th century, uh, when the time of the Shogun, when Japan was really coming out of a civil war period uh, called the Sengoku Jirai. And the Spanish, and the, first the Portuguese and then the Spanish, arrived to find all this division going on, but there were warlords that were rising to the front. One of them was called a shogun called Hideyoshi, and eventually he questioned the loyalty of the Christians there, and, and as having been useful, in fact, they might be subversive to overthrow Japan, much how they did in Mexico and, and South America and Peru, amongst the Incas and the, and the Aztecs. 
And so uh, the, the, the warlords were alarmed. Uh, uh oh, we've got to expel every Christian and we've got to force the reversion of about 300,000 Christians, which is about 15% of the population in just short order. Uh, Christianity was spreading. But uh, it led to the crucifixion uh, in around 1600 of about 26 Christians who became martyrs. But then they said, well, this is only multiplying the Christians. Right? We know the Tertullian's comment, right? The, the, uh, the blood is the seed of the church. So they thought, well, how about this then? We're not going to allow you to be martyrs, but we're going to make you watch the murder of men, women, and children whom you say you love, but all you have to do to stop their suffering is to deny Christ your Lord, and then the sufferings will stop. So they, they created this, uh, this really deconstruction of the faith, and uh, it really led to uh, the near eradication of Christianity, although there was a, for centuries there's been hidden Christians in Japan, uh, and the Kakurigai Krishitan, and they has survived to this day. They came out finally when they were the persecution stopped, and now Japan has, uh, of course, had an edict of toleration for almost 200 years, but there's been social ostracism that comes with uh, becoming a Christian today that's really is tantamount to a kind of a different type of persecution and suffering but it's basically resulted in few uh, converts to Christianity and it can be a little bit com complex and there's a lot of speculation as to uh, why that continues but but yeah we, we really are looking forward to having you hosting you there is a, a thirst uh, for good Bible teaching amongst Christians here in Japan there's just not enough ministers, not enough pastors, not enough preachers, not enough evangelists coming to Japan. And it's because people, evangelists get over here and they don't see big numbers of conversions. And when they report back to the uh, to the home offices of the sending missions, uh, they don't see the numbers and they just think, oh, well, missionary must be a failure. <laughs> I don't know if you have thoughts or, questions or comments about that, and, and especially in light of God's election and grace in this. All right. So we're doing this tour, and uh, so we have information up on the CARM website, uh, so if anybody's interested, because I'll be going over there, uh, Lord willing, so far, and then you're going to be leading us, because you speak Japanese, and uh, tell us about Renzo also. Well, first of all, tell us about, you know, how long you've been in Japan, and why you're there, and what you do there, and, uh, you know, how you work with, uh, with ministries and stuff. Well, I have a lot of reasons to be here in Japan. The, the biggest one would be my wife, <laughs> and, and uh, she's a Japanese national, and I've been here for about 10 years now, uh, and eight years consecutive running. I mean, first came to Japan in 1988 as a student, and uh, was really impressed with the culture and just the overall uh, people of Japan. There's just such a a patient, kind, and uh, polite people, as, as they're well known to be, uh, and and yet, when you're a Christian, you're perplexed because you look back to other Christian cultures you've been to, and you think, and you scratch your head, and you think, wait a minute, how is it that these uh, unbelievers <laughs> seem to be exhibiting more of the fruit of the spirit than even uh, believers? And so, I've always been perplexed by that, and tried to understand the Japanese and thought that if they only knew Jesus, uh, how much even greater, because then their their uh, outward demeanor would match 
uh, up with an inward demeanor uh, that we receive in Christ. And so I, I've had a heart for the Japanese people since I was 19, which goes back to 1988 now. And so I've been coming and going for 30 years, uh, business, and, and I have many friends throughout the country. I've been involved in churches and evangelists who first came here with the Billy Graham Crusades. Uh, and have some international churches here, so I'm involved with them. And uh, and yet I've raised uh, my two kids in the states, and uh, and that's that's uh, been beneficial. They're still in California, where I'm from. And uh, but yeah, we just uh, we have lots of of opportunities here to preach the gospel. The Japanese people are relatively open to hearing the gospel and even attending church. But where the rubber hits the road and where they put up the stop sign is baptism. That's where usually um, all the red flags go off for them and, and, and then and the growth and understanding of Christ stops. Now, uh, Renzo, who you brought up, Sean, he's also married to a Japanese woman. He's a professional musician uh, who happens to have adopted the traditional Japanese flute as his primary uh, instrument of choice. And he's become world-renowned and a world-class, a top three shakuhachi player which is a Japanese bamboo flute and uh, it's a difficult instrument to play because there isn't a typical mouthpiece as you would find like on a an easier to play flute uh, from the West but uh, it's it's just a really great instrument and Sean's just a really neat guy and you've, you've known him from Clubhouse as well he also goes by Renzo on uh, Clubhouse so he, he does public performances but he also has a large uh, cadre of private students and uh, you know we, we, we look forward to having you hear him give a performance on the tour and uh, as well as we can also have some other uh, experiences that'll be unique uh, traditional ex- uh, experiences uh, with uh, um It's Matt Slick Live taking your calls at 877-207-2276 Here's Matt Slick Alright buddy well Welcome back to the show. So we didn't even know we were on break. Are you there, Stacy? I'm here. All right. So uh, there's a little bit of a glitch, and uh, I, I can just see one of the guys in the station just, you know, rubbing his forehead. Uh, so I didn't hear the uh, outro music. So uh, we probably, uh, last two minutes, let's repeat it, okay? So we're going to be go- seeing some of the places where um, you said Kyoto, which I thought was interesting. I didn't know that. That during World oh, War yeah. II, we decided our America decided not to firebomb Kyoto because of its rich history. And what was the reason for that? That's right. Well, uh, I think politically and strategically, not just militarily, uh, there were a lot of factors. Mainly, it wasn't as prime of a of a military target like Osaka and Tokyo because of the lack of munition factories and things like that. But also. Um, it would have been seen as sort of like bombing Hanover, Germany. You're, you're bombing the cultural heart of a country. And really what you're doing is you're, you're taking down their places of worship and, and museums and artifacts and things that would have simply been, you know, unable to recover or replicate. And, and the world, in a sense, would have lost uh, a bit of cultural heritage there. Right. So, uh, and, as I, and as I said, there's these buildings there that um, just the architecture alone is just breathtaking. We plan to visit cities in Nara as well where they have these uh, outstanding national museums and, and architecture. But then when you go to um, the religion, of course, which is tied there, is sort of the capital of Buddhism. And it really would have 
been kind of like <laughs> bombing Mecca. So uh, it, it, it would be the way to look at it. Right. It would have been incendiary and a hard thing for Japan to forgive, in other words. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to be going there and uh, some other places. I've never been there. My, my daughter speaks Japanese, and she loves Japan. And believe it or not, our accountant... Uh, likes uh, Japan. He goes back once or twice a year, and I think he's like six six, and he's like three hundred pounds of six six. And he he says when he walks, people stare at him because <laughs> he's just huge. And uh, so I, he tells me stories, you know. And uh, but he loves Japan. And uh, my martial arts instructor was there for years too. But um, anyway, I'm sorry. What would you say? No, I was saying I'm sure he bumps his head a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's true, and uh, it'll be fun going there. So I'm looking forward to it. So we're talking about going in. Uh, I think it was late April, uh, or the, no, the last day of March is where we're going to start. That's when it's scheduled to go. Uh, and we get enough people to to go, and we have a tour, and it, it should be okay. And you know, I am looking forward to being able to speak in some churches or you know with people and, and encourage them what little I could. But uh, you know, it, it'll be nice. It'll be nice to be able to to get there and see the people. I've heard a lot of good things about Japan. Yeah, it's it's a great place to live. And, uh, you know, you're certainly not without a lot of the, uh, the creature comforts that uh, we're used to in the West. And it's not like living in a third world country where you're doing witnessing to the gospel. But the, con- the conversion uh, and, and the Christian faith status is just as low, if not lower, than most countries. Uh, we're, we're really hovering uh, around 1% of the population with a declared profession of Christianity. That's roughly half of those being Roman Catholic. So no, it's uh, the, the harvest The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Wow. Well, I have an idea. Do they have a blimp over there? Because maybe you could hijack the blimp and put tracks out in Japanese over their major sporting events. Not that it's... A, my idea maybe you could take credit for that one but you know i'm just thinking just offering ideas don't know if that's good or not and maybe they wouldn't wouldn't like it yeah well i think we did things like that during world war ii uh you know rain tracks from above uh but you know it's you know it could be tried again could be tried again um perhaps today we better rent billboards down in shinjuku and and put up you know you know, 3D, 3D advertising. Oh, why not? You know, I, you know, my idea, you know, I'm joking around there, but you know, if I had the money, it would be like, it just get built, whatever you think would work, billboards, hire people to go and do it, do radio uh, things. Uh, and just trying to get as many people as possible to hear that gospel message. You know, that's what whatever, I would hope. It, whatever, whatever means necessary. That's right. You know, there was a, a friend of mine here who was friends with a professional baseball player, uh, and he, an American, and he decided to, toward the end of his career, sign up and play for an American team over, a Japanese team over here. An American guy was, of course, was a believer, and he uh, had a little bit of celebrity, and they parlayed and leveraged that celebrity to preach the gospel and attract people and invite people to church and Bible study. And it's resulted in three different churches that are probably one of the larger English-speaking international churches around in Japan. Now, Japanese like going to international churches because it's a, an opportunity for them to practice their English for free. 
and meet foreigners, make foreign friends. And so English still is a, an open door uh, for the gospel to uh, introduce into uh, Japanese people's lives, even if you are not that proficient in Japanese. It's best, of course, to learn Japanese uh, to be able to truly engage the culture. But uh, the, the English speaking is really a, a, a great entrance and a great opportunity for still for, for many people to hear the gospel for the first time. Well, good. Sounds good. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so how we, how could we, people we, uh, how could people check up on this? I mean, we've got a link on Carm, and uh, everything that they need is there, right? In that thing we developed, yeah, that article. It is, and so please go to the CARM website. There's a, it's a, I think a two-page flyer that you help parse down there, and mm -hmm. there's some images and some links there, and they can do some background information. They can see pictures of the accommodations and the sites we plan to visit, some of the temples, some of the parks, some of the gardens, as you mentioned. Uh, there's a world-class aquarium that's comparable to the one that I've been to in Monterey several times. Used mm -hmm. to be a member of. And so there's going to, there's, and near that is the harbor, and there's a harbor uh, waterfront that's really fun to be, that we're going to see. So there's going to be a lot of recreational sightseeing uh, as a part of this tour. I would say probably the majority of it. Of course, we're going to have fun with you too, because we're, you know, we're going to hammer on you, Matt, with as many questions we can pepper you with. So yeah, that's that'll be recreational. <laughs> and then uh, we'll, we're, we're going to really look forward to those kinds of fellowship, really, uh, over the word and over. I just been spending time together, and like you said, the dining experiences are just second to none. You know, Osaka, where I live, is really called the kitchen of Japan. It's really, and, and even Tokyo have to admit and bow to Osaka on this one. Uh, Osaka has a lot of original fusion type dishes, a lot of grilled food, a lot of um, unique dishes. Like there's this one that's a vegetable pancake with barbecue sauce on it, and you can put whatever type of meat you want in there whether it's bacon or squid or hamburger. And uh, and it's mixed with cabbage, and it turns out to be like a giant pancake, cabbage pancake with meat in it. That's just amazing. I never thought I'd, you know, like something like that. It's one of my favorite dishes now. <laughs> well, you, you never know. You never know. We'll check it out. We'll check out a lot of stuff out. I've been to different countries and enjoyed the food. There's only one food I refused to eat, and that was balut in uh, the Philippines. And it was a semi semi-cooked, semi-mature egg of a chicken or something like that. I'm like, nope, Baby not duck. doing that. That's right. Well, hey, brother, there's the break. We can move on. Thanks for calling in, man. And we'll be pushing that tour, okay? So God bless, buddy. All right. All right. Thank thanks you. a lot, Stacy. Okay. Hey, folks, for Open Lines, if you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We'll be right back. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. If you want to give me a call, all you have to do is dial 877-207-2276. And I'd love to hear from you. And also, you can email me if you want at info at carm.org. Info at carm.org. And uh, we can... Uh, you give me an email, and I can read it on the air, get a question or a comment, and go on the air that way. Let's see if we can get to Calvin from North Carolina. Calvin, welcome. You're on the air. Hi, Matt. Do you hear me now? Yes, now I hear you. Sounds good, buddy. Beautiful. Okay. 
so Matt, reading from um, something that I'm sharing with you or sharing with um, the people that's listening. Reading from um, Revelation. Wait, 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 wait. You, you're calling up, and now you want to share with everybody that that's my show. I don't even know who you are. So, um, oh, 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 oh. you have a question? Uh, what's what's going on? No, actually, I'm just want to share something with you. Would okay. that be okay? Sure. Okay. Okay. So, reading from um, Revelation two verse twelve. Okay. It says to the angel of the yeah. It says to the angel of the assembly in Pergamum, right. He who was the sharp two-edged sword says these things. I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is. You hold firmly to my name and didn't deny my faith in the days of Antipas, my witness, my faithful one who was killed among you where Satan dwells. Now, the interesting thing about it is that... Um, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, let me ask, what church do you go to? Just, I'm going to find out your, make sure you're um, okay. No, 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 any church. I I, I go to... I... Okay. Uh, it, it just, you know, warning bells all over the place. Uh, he's not answering a direct question. He says he wants to share with something else. He uses the word assembly uh, instead of church. Uh, that, that you know, I, I listen to that. I'm starting to think he might be a Jehovah's Witness, but I don't know, you know. And I said, so I'm just getting cautious and asked to what... Uh, what church he goes to, and then any church, and, and so something's just not right. So I'm just not going to um, allow that. You know, maybe I'm, you know, maybe he's a Trinitarian. I don't know, but I just, uh, I'm still cautious. I want to guard the show and not have people uh, just try and sneak something in. If I know what's going on, and I can work with it and things like that. But uh, so there you go. All right, hey, look, we have wide open lines. If you want to give me a call, eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Um, all right, all right, let's see, uh, let's see, looking at some of the emails. Although the wine and bread served for communion are only symbolic of Jesus' blood and flesh, could the practice be considered pagan in origin? No, because Jesus instituted it. For example, in certain rites, one may also use symbolic food and drink as sacrament. How are they two different? Okay, Jesus is the one uh, who instituted the uh, communion supper, so therefore it's not pagan. Just that simple. All right. Now let's check this out. Let's see what we got here. Ooh, the warning track. On the document that I sent, it sort of correct the page number. It sort of correct the page number. In his way off, I found. Okay. Uh, found the right numbering, wondering when you got time. If you could look at this one and explain it to me, I don't see it in here, but I'm sure it is just as don't understand it. Maybe, you know, when people write me that they might want to consider rereading it and uh, seeing if the sentence makes sense. I sent this to a friend who's been helping me, got us started, and got... I can't, I can't understand what this guy's doing. So, uh, you know, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, let's see. He's a chaplain in the mobile church. Interesting. Uh so I don't know what's going on. To check out that later when I'm trying to figure it out and email him back and say, what's going on? I know this is redundant for those who have in the past opened my emails. Okay, here we go. But new folks are receiving this, and it should also be repeated. Francis, who's now 86 and not in the greatest health, according to the Book of Truth prophecies. Oh, boy. You know, I love this kind of stuff. Um, uh 
it, it just one run-on sentence. Francis, who is now 86 and not in the greatest health, according to the Book of Truth, prophecies is to live to see the second coming of Christ. Yeah. Um, so see this web page. I'm clicking the link. I'm not going to tell you what it is. The information given in this message is why I say the second coming of Christ would be within Francis. <laughs> This guy named Francis, his lifetime, as an important head up, Francis, who was identified as the false prophet, is to fake his death and be resurrected in likewise false manner. Should he truly die, then disregard anything. <laughs> if he really dies, forget about this email. <laughs> Man, it's killing me. <laughs> so it's all this stuff. False death, false resurrection, false fake of this, fake of that. But if he really dies, forget this email. <laughs> okay. Oh, man, that's awesome. Oh, I needed a good laugh. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to read. continue reading. Oh, man, I love this stuff. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm cracking up. All right. I'm going to listen. I go on. All right. Oh, man. Okay. You will notice. <laughs> you will notice. <laughs> I will. Thank you. I didn't know, didn't know I was going to notice it. You will notice uh, that some message, oh man, you will notice below that some message titles in bold type begin with they. In proper context, they would mean enemies of God. The message titles are not taken from the archive in sequential order. <laughs> okay. This is by no means an exhaustive list of important events to watch for. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> What? <laughs> this guy writes it basically saying, but don't listen to what I'm saying. It's not important. But listen to this because it's important, but it's not really important. That's what he's telling me. Okay, sorry. The message titles are not taken from archive in sequential order. This by by no means exhaustive list of important events to watch for. I advocate the reading of all the messages before making a personal decision on the authenticity or lack thereof. There are several Catholic priests receiving this email. I urge you to read the first message listed, which is highlighted below in the Book of Truth, blah, blah, blah. This thing, message can be okay. Let's see. No man, no priest, no bishop, no cardinal, no pope has authority to rewrite the Word of God. That was in 2013. Someone got that. God the Father, the Antichrist is now ready to reveal himself. This is back in 2013. Uh, let's see. Oh, hey, this is good. Uh, and this is uh, 2013 also. It says, the first sign will be that the earth will spin faster. The second sign concerns the sun, which loom larger, brighter, and begin to spin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Whoa! All right. Could you? So, what's going to happen if the Earth spins faster? That means the days get shorter, right? And uh, can you imagine if it's you know, a lot faster? You know, like man, I'm feeling lightheaded. Man, what's happening? You know, take a step and I go 15 feet. The Earth's spinning. I don't know. And the sun's going to start spinning uh, brighter and so Okay. I will create miracles all over the world to prove to the skeptics that it is I, Jesus, oh my goodness, who has sent my prophet to prepare all of you for my second coming. Oh my goodness, this is easy. Oh boy. Uh, let's see. When they change the sacrament of baptism, they will remove all promises 
to renounce Satan, for they will declare, obviously, this, <laughs> this guy does not have all his paws in the litter box. That's for sure. <laughs> he's he's scratching for the bottom, but he's, he's not getting any. Sorry. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, you know, I love this stuff. Okay, let me see if I can find some more stuff. Um, his bearings aren't greased very well. Okay, um, it's, uh, let's see, a suitcase is missing a couple handles. Let's see, they, uh, they will ask me to pledge their allegiance through an oath to remain faithful to the church. The vaccination will be a poison and will be presented under a global health plan. Mother of salvation, every single sacrament will be changed beyond recognition. Roman Catholics will need to hold masses in refugees or churches of safety. The Antichrist will cr create grants to entire companies, organizations, as well as charities to work for his new world one, new one world trade center. And very soon, hell will be formally declared as a place which does not exist. Really? <laughs> We're formally declaring it doesn't exist. Um, many will be strong enough to fight against abortion, euthanasia, and same-sex marriage. God the Father, quote, I, your beloved Father, have set a day of warning at last, only I know this date. Oh, man. Uh, oh, wow. You know, I enjoyed that. Hold on a sec. I had to clear my notes because it's pretty ridiculous. All right, we've got a break coming up here pretty quickly. I'm going to just delete that one. That was a good one. I live on the wacko side. You know, I love uh, hate mail and wacko mail on Fridays, and that was that fit right in there, and that was good. I enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Anyway, we'll be right back, folks. After these messages, please stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Just want to say thank you to Cigarhead for a $5 uh, donation there on Rumble and also Silver Osaka, $10. Uh, thanks. And he says, what's Matt's most entertaining heresy to refute? Entertaining heresy? Mormonism is pretty entertaining. I mean, God from another planet. Uh, you know, it's that's entertaining uh, for me because I find it, you know, it's just it's so strange. God from another planet, it has got his wife, they have physical relations, produce offspring, inhabit and inherit inhabit human bodies, secret handshakes become gods. You know, that to me is like wow, uh, that's pretty good. But then also the Raelians, uh, that uh, you know, the Raelians are the the uh, the cult that talks about aliens as being the progenitors of our life here on earth and that were to bow to them and things like that. That's entertaining, too. My favorite, of, however, of all, so to speak, heresies are the Anunnaki, which uh, is that there are aliens, reptilian aliens, interbreeding with Nazis in underground cities in the poles. And when they get enough population, uh, then they're going to take over the planet. And, that, you know, <laughs> to me, it's like, that. that's awesome. That's an awesome uh, this is conspiracy theory. So that's entertaining. Uh, oh, and you know what? Also entertaining is flat earth stuff. Oh, man. The flat earthers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 
they cannot think. Uh, they are so bad. I've talked to a lot of them, and it's so easy to refute their, their, their stuff, but they just refuse to believe facts and logic. So that's pretty entertaining. A little frustrating at the same time, but there you go. Let's get to Stacia from Washington. Stacia, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, Matt. Hey, how are you doing? Okay, I'm here. <laughs> hey, are you all ready to go to uh, to Israel? As uh, ready as I'm going to be. Okay. All right. Well, good. I'm looking forward to seeing you and others. So Stacia here used to come yeah. to our Bible study here, then moved to Washington, moved away a bit away. All right, Stacia, so what do you got? Um, my son and I, my son, who is an atheist, and I were talking about the great flood that happened, mm-hmm. and he wanted to know what happened to the saltwater fish and or the freshwater fish, because they both can't live at the same time. So how's the Bible account for that? And I couldn't answer him. Sure. What he's doing is assuming that this is how things always were back then. That's called uniformitarianism. And uh, this is an assumption, and he, he can't make the assumption stick. Furthermore, there was probably uh, one of the theories is Pangea, where all the uh, continents were, were together. And you can see, you know, you've looked on maps where they, you know, the continents fit together like a puzzle. And so Noah's Ark could have happened at that time, and then when uh, the uh, the animals were dispersed from the Ark, they wouldn't spread out, and then we have speciation as the continents then uh, split apart. Okay, the fish. So uh, 98% of all species that have ever lived are now extinct. So we don't know to what extent the the 98% that were around could or could not survive in a combination of salt and or uh, fresh water. So the the, uh, the the fresh water stuff, we could say that there were lots of, uh, well, there's, I could, I'm thinking there's ways to put it, there could be freshwater areas that stayed fresh even if salt water moved into them. There's ways that can happen with thermoclines and things like this, but at any rate. So let's just say that the, the fresh water washed out all, all over everything. And okay, fine. Then we could have fish that were there in those those uh, bodies of water on the land that became uh, over a period of time fresh. Uh, I, I'm just thinking out loud, and that the, the fish gradually adapted to that, and then we see them now and go see they can't they can't live together, but they could have derived from a common ancestor or a common uh, source. So there's different ways. Now the I think the probably the best thing to go for that would be go to uh, creation.org and ask on that because that that's a good question. And I have heard answers about it, and they say there's there's not any real problems uh, because of okay. genetics and a speciation, subspeciation, and things like that uh, that could have happened. What I thought was interesting is 98% of all species are extinct. So did the flood wipe a lot of them out, and only those who had the ability to survive in both salt and fresh water are the ones who survived? And then as the waters receded, the ones that were on the land, gradually as the rain fell on and purified the water and got rid of the salt water over a period of time, that uh, that uh, the fish then could disadapted. So I don't know. The, in Lake Managua in uh, Nicaragua, there are freshwater sharks. They're actually sharks. And they are in in a lake, and they're sharks, and not even right. know about that. So, uh, yeah, freshwater sharks in uh, Managua. Answers in Genesis dot org. Uh, the flood. Uh, you can check that out too. There's some more information there. Okay. Okay. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. So we'll be seeing Bye. you in L.A. in a couple three weeks. All right. Yep. All right. God bless, Asia. 
All right, now let's get on the air with Chris from Ohio. Chris, welcome. You're on the air. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Sure. Um, I have a question. So I was an atheist. I'm not going to go into why. Um, and 25 years ago, I married a Catholic, and I'm not sure why the priest let us get married, but okay. he did. And yeah. uh, uh, I Probably nine. I'm a literature major. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. to get more people in the church, I understand that. But yeah, as a literature major, I started reading the Bible about eight years ago, okay. and realized it's not Chaucer and Shakespeare and you know Shelley. Um, and I got more and more involved in the church, and I still I, I, I couldn't do the Catholic thing for uh, for it just didn't. Pop- you know, work with what I was reading in the Bible. Um, Good for you. So All I right. started trying different churches, and I found myself in a, a, a fundamentalist Baptist church that okay. all they do is study the Bible. Mm-hmm. And after almost a year and a half, I, I've never been baptized. I wasn't baptized. And I'm still going, and they've never pressured me to be, they've never even brought up baptizing me, and they know I'm not baptized. And they're such wonderful people, and I feel like I'm almost a fraud by going to the church. And I, I, I didn't know if, you know, at what point do you, because I just can't, can't I, I can't figure out the Trinity, and, and I okay. really feel bad that I'm wasting, I feel like I'm wasting their time and being impolite to them. By just showing up every Sunday. Well, well they're, they're not going to complain and about Sunday. that. <laughs> that Bible study. That's okay. There's no problem for you to show up. So, what, would you have a, a question you want, want to address or, or something like that? Is, is, is that? Am I wasting their time? Am, I, am no. I imposing? No, you're not. No. Any Christians who would say that you are, no, they're not walking with the Lord that way. You, you know, you could go and talk to them and with patience and kindness that's how they're supposed to, to treat you so that's not a waste of time at all okay I just feel like I I, I feel like an imposter like I'm, I'm here because they're they're so inclusive and you know what my wife actually she she goes to her 930 Catholic mass mm-hmm. and then she shoots over and, and goes to their Ten thirty, and 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 they all embrace her so well too. And I just, I, I just, I don't. I, I'm kind of lost because it's like I'm. I, I, there's just certain tenets that I can't grasp onto. But I, like I, what? I, I'm studying and studying and studying and studying mm-hmm. and studying, and it's just I don't. I, I, I just feel I'm not like I don't know. I guess I'm looking for a little validation that it's okay for me to do that. I'm not sure what you're talking about there. To do what? But uh, let me can I ask you some to questions? Show up. Oh, to show up. That's okay. Sure. You can show up. There's no problem. Okay, let me ask you some questions. So, uh, do you believe Jesus existed? Yes. Okay. Do you uh, do you believe he died on that cross? Yes. And did he rise from the dead? I. Did, that's, no. I, I can't, I don't know, I, I, there's no way I can know that. Okay. So you're a literature um, 
you know, major, whatever it is. Uh, so you know that there are historical events that are just literature. And you also know that there are ways to, so to speak, validate uh, literary things, things written in history. Sometimes not, but sometimes there are and, and stuff like that. But let me, let me run something by you here. The book of Acts was written um, before the book of Luke. And, actually, I got that reversed. The book of Luke was written before the book of Acts. Okay, If you read the first few verses yeah, of Yeah, Dr. Each, Luke. Yes, that's right. So Luke wrote Luke, then he wrote Acts a few years later. Now, Acts does not contain the death of Peter and Paul, which historically occurred around 62 to 64 A.D. These are just right. history facts. Okay, The reason that's important is because that would imply then that the book of Acts, well, only got three minutes, so I'm going to go through it quickly. The book of Acts was written before they died because that, that's a super important event, both of them, and they're not included in the, in the history book of the church. So it makes sense to say it's written before. Well, he wrote Luke before he wrote that. So let's just say five years. If, if I forgot something. If they died in 62 AD, 64 AD, Peter and Paul, and Acts was written before that, let's just say 60 AD. It was probably well earlier okay. than that, but let's just say 60. And he wrote Luke before that. So let's just say 55 AD. And then Matthew was written before that, let's say 50 AD. And I'm going through quick generic numbers, okay? But And then Mark sure, sure. before that, and that's 45 AD. A lot of scholars believe that Paul wrote stuff even before the Gospels were penned. So we have early documents that were written very quickly and very early. And then another thing we could talk about, if you want to call Monday, we could talk about it more in depth. But the New Testament documents are incredibly well preserved from them to now. I could explain how and we the think Greek... James was even before that, right? You're right. You're right. very good. So the documents are very early, written by the eyewitnesses, and then they're very accurately transmitted from then to now, and they say Jesus rose from the dead. There's your evidence. And, well, and there were diff- 500 witnesses or more. Uh-huh. Yep. I, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I'm studying that. I, I, I am. It's just like I just feel that I'm wasting their time or imposing on them and that's that's where I'm coming from you're not they are are hopefully if they're good people they're hoping you come to Christ and I'm seeing where you are and I'm trying to help you that way because if Jesus rose from the dead then everything he said is true which means you need to trust in him you've been reading the word and there is reason to believe that those documents are accurate and reliable and that that means there's reason to believe he rose from the dead, and that's what you got to decide about. And then, if and when, hopefully by God's grace, you trust in Him, your life will change, and those people in that church will rejoice. Okay. Thank you. There? Yeah. And you know, and, and you can call again, and you can call the office. We're about out of time here. I'm sorry, but we are. But you can call and leave a message and call the office at the bottom of the CARM website and, you know, I want to have conversations. I can answer questions. Um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. And um, maybe it can help you see and get at that place where you trust what he's done because he did rise from the dead. And that's the I, best. I, I, I needed your validation to, as an outsider to know that I'm, they don't think that I'm disrespecting them. Oh, no. Because they're not so gracious. No, no, not at all. They're just loving on you. Okay? 
They're just showing the Christ. All right, man. That's all it is, man. All right? Keep it up, buddy, okay? Call me back yeah. Monday. We're out of time. There's Thank the music. You. All right. Have a good week. All right. Thanks okay. for the validation. Sure. No problem. All right, folks. Hey, there you go. Sorry, Chris from Texas and Calvin from North Carolina. We're out of time. May the Lord bless you. We'll talk to you on Monday, folks. Have a great weekend. Another program powered by the Truth Network.